Have you been Googling what to teach when you lose your voice as a music teacher? Is it the time of year when you're tired and your voice is super tired? You're not alone, friend. Today on Happier Music Teacher, we're going to talk about the five reasons you might be losing your voice. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. When I was preparing to launch this podcast, I jumped into a lot of different music education groups to do a little market research. One of the things that surprised me was one of the biggest pain points that I was seeing across the spectrum was that vocal health was a real stressor for us as music teachers, especially as elementary music teachers. I knew that had always been part of my journey and struggle, but I always kind of felt alone about it and felt like it was my fault. So today we're going to give you five reasons that you might be losing your voice at school. It is so helpless feeling when you are gesturing to students and snapping your fingers to get their attention because your voice won't phonate. You have the notepad and maybe you're writing notes to your colleagues or you're afraid that you're going to get observed when you're doing a lesson that you know is not your standard, but you have no voice. It's the worst when you're Kodai based and you have a classroom full of wonderful singing games, but you can't sing. Uh, unfortunately for us, around this time of year, not only are we tired, our voice is tired. So let's go dive into those five things today. Number one, you're talking over your students. If I've seen it once, I've seen it a thousand times, and I'm so guilty of this as well. A conversation is like a tennis match. You can't be both talking at the same time and actually communicate. Now, I'm not talking about some strict dictatorship with your students where, you know, you're demanding authority and in charge and tough. I'm just talking about a basic level of respect when two humans are talking at the same time that usually doesn't work. So what you can do instead is the old teacher favorite of, I'll wait. Not in a snarky way, not even in a competitive way or a defiant way, just a matter of fact way that if the students are talking, you are not going to be talking. Your information is precious, your voice is precious, your time is precious, and it can't be eaten up with student talk. It might take a while for this to implement. And obviously don't sit there for 50 minutes while the kids have a chat fest. But I think you'll be surprised when you stick to your guns that they will start to listen more when you talk. And you don't have to talk as much as you think to make that effective. Number two is singing with your students instead of for. Gosh, I have been there. Boy, have I been there. I remember distinctly there was an afternoon. It was one of my teaching job and we were playing Lucy Lockett and bless her heart, that poor student could not find the purse. We would sing forte. We would sing piano. The student was oblivious. I would do that thing where you go over in close proximity and eyeball the purse to see if that might help them find it. Nothing. There was another class outside the door. And yet I sang every round of Lucy Lockett. Did the kids not know Lucy Lockett? I'm pretty sure they did. They didn't need my help. They didn't need my singing voice. And if they couldn't do the game without my voice, well, gosh, maybe they didn't need to play the game. I get it. We love to sing. And naturally, sometimes we end up singing with the students. But what you're going to find out then is actually they don't sing as well with you and your voice gets really tired. We're not designed to sing that much in one day. Number three, we manage by yelling. This is such a lose-lose. I can't even tell you, but we've all been there. 
In a large group of students, you're trying to get control. Your volume goes up, their volume goes up, and let's face it, sweetheart, you are outnumbered. You don't want to be outnumbered. You don't even want to manage by yelling because frankly, it's not that effective and it really hurts your voice. So find other ways around it. If you're in the loud cafeteria, are there some nonverbals? Are there consequences for it? If you're calling for car rider, do you really have to use your voice or is there another way that you could do it maybe with some amplification to help you out? We're going to get to that later in another point. But we're not designed for that. It's stressful for the kids. It's stressful for us. And frankly, I think it's an outdated way of teaching. There's not much outside of an actual physical emergency in my world where you need to raise your voice. Are you raising your voice because you're angry? That's not going to work. It's going to scare the kids. You might even scare them into submission a little bit, but then you're right back where you were that in order for them to respect you, you're raising your voice. I think we can do better. Are you in a large crowd situation where it's not under control? In that situation, you as a music teacher are not the person to be sacrificing your voice. Your voice is more important, I would dare say, than anyone's in the building. So if someone needs to have volume to get attention, it does not have to be you. Pass it off to a friend. Number four, you may not be getting enough sleep. I know, shocker. Music teachers not getting enough sleep. What will we think of next? As you listen to me in the following weeks, you're going to find I think that is the cure-all for anything that ails you. Um, you know how some nurses like the wet paper towel and it cures anything that might be wrong with a child? Fever, it cures a boo-boo, it cures, I don't know, it cures a bad day. You know how nurses are with the wet paper towels. I feel the same way about sleep for us. So you, every episode, you're probably going to hear me preach it. And every episode, I think it's going to be effective for us you're probably not getting enough sleep. This is a time that's restorative for you and for your voice. If your voice never has a chance to rest and to heal through sleep, you're always gonna be playing catch up. And I don't know if you notice this from me, but by the end of the week when I'm more tired, my voice is more tired. And towards the end of a semester or the end of the year, as I'm more physically exhausted, it shows up in my voice. I have less vocal stamina, I have less range. I know it feels like a pipe dream, but I really believe it's achievable for you. And it's so important. This is your one health and your one life. Go to sleep earlier. One of my favorite stories in college was my friend um, was roommates with a bass singer. And whenever the bass singer was having a bad day vocally, he would just saunter back to the dorm and get a nap. And then when he came back, his voice lesson went better or his recital or his choir went better. And I remember being a stressed out instrumentalist who just skimped on sleep. And I thought, wow, that must be the life. Turns out he was really wise. And I was the one who was foolish in that situation. So it's not optional. It's not a luxury. We all need sleep. Number five, and I find that teachers are really kind of macho in this regard. I don't know about you, is amplification. You know, a microphone is not necessarily a new technology. A microphone's been around for a while. Yet, when it's time to use one at school, we have all sorts of excuses. It's, uh, not in, it's not convenient. I don't need that. I can project. I'm sure you can project, but why? And when you think about the sheer volume of talking we have to do in a given day, I don't think it's necessary. There are so many improvements. Um, someone in my face group the other day was talking about a system that went through their classroom, which is what I had at my last teaching job. I say use it. It is there. It has been purchased with taxpayer dollars for the very point of helping you do better in your job, and yet we choose not to use it. 
If you don't have that at your school, you can inexpensively buy something at Amazon. Invest in yourself. You're worth it. If you're one of those teacher martyrs like the rest of us and you cannot possibly imagine justifying something for yourself to buy, I've been there, buy it for your students. They actually, I think, relax and do better when they can hear you comfortably, when they're not fighting to hear you. It is stressful for them all day to strain for someone to be heard. So especially in those large group, concert, performance, musicals situation, go ahead and take the extra time and effort to get yourself on a mic. No, you're not being full of yourself. It is not a power play or a struggle. You're saving your voice. Those gyms are terrible, they're so large, they're so boomy. You don't realize it, but you're just almost having to shout to be heard in them. And our voice is worth more than that. In your classroom, probably a clip-on or lavalier mic would be just fine. As music teachers, we're overachievers, right? And we want to get the gold star, we want to check every box, we want to do everything just right. So you're going to hear these five suggestions and think about doing every one perfectly immediately, if not sooner. And I'm going to encourage you to take a different approach as we go through these episodes. Instead, you're going to pick one micro action to focus on for this week, and maybe even smaller than that. So perhaps this week you're going to focus on not talking over students and implementing I'll wait as a policy in your classroom. You might choose to be really intentional this week about singing for your students as a vocal model, but not singing along with them like part of the choir. That's their job. You might decide that you feel convicted about managing by yelling. It's not benefiting you emotionally. It's not benefiting you physically. And frankly, it's outdated and ineffective. No guilt. Start tomorrow. It's very possible you're not getting enough sleep. One of the many benefits that you're going to reap when you start getting enough sleep at night is that your voice is going to start feeling fresher and better in the morning. And finally, you might go to the music room closet and see if you can find the amplification that you already have or speak to the tech person on your campus about getting some help in that regard, or doing something DIY through an Amazon mic. I'd love to hear which one you chose and how it worked out for you this week. Two ways you could reach me. Shoot me an email at bethduhon at me.com, or share in our Facebook group, Happier Music Teachers. For more on teacher self-care instead of self-soothing, check out my book, Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School, available on F-flat Books. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Tune in next week for more microactions, habits, and mindset shifts to take you from a music teacher to a happier music teacher. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.